What's going on? Yeah, I'm trying to see. Why can't I see you? Oh, I don't have video on. That's why. Oh, that's why. All right, no video. All yeah, right. yeah, just audio, just audio. Oh, that makes it so much easier, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I probably should have told you that. I um, The problem, video definitely makes it more difficult. I find that when I interview people and they're on video, they're much more um, reserved and conservative in what they say and do. And yeah. um, it also... Uh, creates like bandwidth issues and uh, sometimes the audio comes through kind of crappy when you're um, on video so I just like doing the audio it, it goes out on the podcast people listen to it you know they don't need to see us staring at our computer screens no I completely agree with that that's awesome you, uh, <laughs> yeah well what's your plan my friend what yeah what do you, what do you want out of this so that I can be a uh, good partner with you yeah so um, basically I just want to walk through your story I have a a bunch of questions that I um, that I'll mostly but just it's just a conversation I just want to talk through your story in particular I'm super interested in the part of you deciding um, why to start Quotacy like what was the impetus of it the conversations that you had around it um, your fears in starting it that kind of stuff like uh, I, I just I'm, I'm super interested in that side of the journey and um, sure. I think and, and the whole purpose of this is to introduce the audience to to you so that when you take the stage um, on Monday, uh, the 25th of June, um, there is a, a portion of the audience who's already familiar with you and your story and is excited to, to see and get to know you better. Um, it helps warm the audience and uh, I think it creates an energy and uh, that's that's really the whole point. So it's not to tell the whole story or, or to duplicate what you're going to talk about uh, at Elevate, it's really just to kind of give people a deeper look into you and what you're all about and why um, and why I have a man crush on you. So, Oh, well, I, I, um, I feel the same way about you, dude. You're more handsome than me, though. I would have loved to have been born looking like you. Yeah, but I could never rock a ponytail like you could. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about cutting it off, and then every time that comes to my head, I'm like, no, Hanley wants me at least... <laughs> June. That's your age with my man. That is your that is your power. That's all your energy. The uh, the uh, there have actually been studies done, and uh, whether there's any truth to this or not, but I, I I found myself on some crazy. You know, how you find yourself on these crazy internet rabbit holes, um, yep. and it started with uh, something around. Um, why Native Americans were more perceptive than, uh, or why Native Americans are often considered to be so in tune with their the the their ecosystem, and um, it was it, it really you know and I'm going to mess up a lot of the details, but the, the long and short of it was they it was their long hair. This the the like theory behind this was that long hair actually your hair is actually. Um, picks up on a lot of like waves and vibrations and stuff like that and it sends unconscious signals to your brain that allows you to be more perceptive of your environment so that people who have long hair it like gives them superpower to a certain extent was the whole it was the whole crux of the of the article was that like everyone should have long hair because they'll be more perceptive i don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all us crop top assholes, you know. 
Hey, well, you can stop being one. It takes about a year and a half of pain and people staring at you and people in your business saying, what the fuck, man? Can I just take you to get a haircut? And then uh, sooner or later that goes away. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I, uh, I don't know. I think I'd look kind of, kind of wackadoo. I can't pull it off. I the long neck. I don't like it. It extend. It would make me look like I even more of a bird head, but uh, that's all right. All right. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's true, but uh, I, I, you know, I look in the mirror and have my own things I tell myself, Brian. So, um, all right, man. So, you know, we'll just well, let's just let's just kind of get into it. Um, maybe give me the, uh, you know, first I, I want to thank you for agreeing to be part of Elevate. It. It's um, it's an honor for me to present you and your story and what you're doing um, to the audience. I think. Uh, um, I think as a way to finish day one of the event, I think you are the absolute perfect speaker. Um, I think the the story and, and that you have and the journey that you've been on is incredible. I think um, th- things that you decided to act on are the same conversations and thoughts that many people have, and they never actually take that next step. So... Uh, first, I'd love for you to just give the audience the the quick elevator pitch on on you and and uh, what you're doing today and 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 all that. Uh, and then I kind of want to get into your origin story. That's that's where I'd like to spend. Um, that's where I'd like to spend my time to or our time today. Cool. I uh, well, thank you so much, Ryan, for allowing me to speak with you and 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 for the elevate uh, platform. I'm really excited to share this story. I'm I'm, I'm also really excited that um, the insurance agent is one of the most important educators for risk management with with consumers out there and the knowledge and experience that's built into all of the people that are at Elevate, uh, people in my company, the, the agents that I have the privilege to work with, that is key knowledge for the consumer and for our, all of our clients. So I, I just want to make sure uh, we have that opportunity to to help everybody make some of those decisions that you just spoke, spoke about so that we can move our companies forward and, you know, succeed into this world that's going from uh, brick and mortar to digital. And then I believe it going back to more of a hybrid between the two of them. So yeah. who, who's Quotacy? Uh, Quotacy, we're, uh, Quotacy puts uh, humans with life insurance needs in the center of our equation. So we take people and put them there. Then uh, we build out education and our knowledge. We've, we've tapped our wisdom base here within our 25-year-old-plus company, and then we're sharing those with blogs, and we have a little bit of videos and, and infographics, but we're building all of that out right now So, because education and knowledge is key. Something like 80-some percent of people do research online before they ever talk with an agent or an advisor which is a huge number. Um, We also built out a bunch of quoting tools. So we've got all these uh, quoting tools and calculators for determining need. And and we offer pretty much all of the fixed life insurance products, but term insurance is 95, 98% of our business. That's really what we focus on. And so then who Quotacy is, is we're we're the place for consumers to come, have the opportunity to, to learn about life insurance, to quote themselves with life insurance, to protect their family with it. Uh, our, our purpose here at Quotacy is saving families. So well, saving families and, and that sort of began as saving families. 
plays one life insurance policy at a time. And I'm a life insurance evangelical, Brian. There's, if you have a family who depends upon your income, life insurance is just literally one of the most important, very inexpensive products that you can put on yourself to make sure not only do you have peace of mind that your family has peace of mind if something happens to you. And then I guess our real key for Quotacy, and this is I think a lot of what agents and advisors are looking at out there right now, is we decided to communicate with consumers and offer them tools where they are, not where we are. So where we are is brick and mortar order, come into my office, I'll pick up the phone and call. We're finding consumers really want to do research online, communicate mainly by email. Uh, we're there when they call to pick up the phone. They want to have a text if they need to do something immediately. So the world has changed about where consumers are. I, mean, I was just... Um, uh, I was just leaving the airport last night. I've been at a conference all week and I came up on the place where I, I check out my car and I parked my car there, which was $120. I think I'm Ubering it from now on. Um, and I stuck in a credit card into the credit card reader to, to leave the airport last night. And I said, oh, this is not the right credit card. And I have a bunch of credit cards, right? I've got a couple businesses and my own personal stuff. So I went through a couple of cards trying to remember which one I used. And as I was driving away, I thought to myself, why? Why didn't the airport know that it was me even though it was a different credit card, right? And I totally understand that it doesn't and that makes total sense, but my expectations of what service means continues to increase. So does all of our consumers and frankly, so do all of us. We all think things should be more and more connected. So that's what Quotacy is, is we're connecting uh, life insurance on a national scale and bringing tools straight to their fingertips. So, you know, what's interesting about your story to me is that um, if you look at Quotacy uh, and just at face value, right, at first at first blush, first glance, it's easy to think to yourself, well, ah, these are just another, just another group of guys, just another, you know, found, quote unquote, founder, you know, trying to come into our space and doesn't know anything about what we try to do and what the business is like, but, you know, just wants to create a, a D2C platform and, um, but that's not really the case. Um, no, man, we're life insurance insider. Right. I mean, whose purpose is saving families? We're not some outside force coming in with a whole bunch of capital from uh, the VCs, which awesome. That would be fun, too. Right. But yeah. we're insiders breaking out, not outsiders breaking in. Yeah. So you um, so Hallett Financial is the name of your kind of brick and mortar operation. And you guys have been in business for how long? Yeah. Uh, 92, I think, is when Hallett became, yeah. So a significant amount of experience in the industry doing it the way it's always been done. So you're sitting in, uh, describe to me the moment when Quotacy, maybe not necessarily the name, but the idea, when that hit your brain, when did you, when was the first time that you can remember saying to yourself, man, we got a, there's, there's another way, like, and, and Hallett Financial is still operating and we've talked about oh, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff, but you said we, there needs to be, we need to we need to make sure that we have something else as well when, when was the first time that hit hit you well so i'm gonna answer that in two parts yes. one my brother is uh, a coder he's kind of a geek he's super smart and uh so he's my little brother although he's 41 so i guess that doesn't make him little anymore <laughs> but anyway so ryan um ryan had built out a quoting engine for us 
and our own agency management system. Man, I think we've been working on that since about 2000. So we'd hired people along the way, and throughout the process, we kept looking at these tools uh, that we'd created for Hallett Financial, and Hallett Financial works with agents. So they come through us, we're a wholesaler. So that's something we might touch on, Ryan, from fears at some Yeah point but i but so we work direct we're a b2b not a b2c right so so we had these tools so we'd you know we'd have a glass of wine or a beer and we'd be like hey man we should we should figure out how to take this online at some point or maybe we could go capture it so this would have been that would have been in the 2000s uh but the technology really wasn't there uh, and the desire wasn't there when the desire hit it was um at the end of the first quarter of 2013 was when like a lightning bolt came out of the sky and said man you have to do something and you have to start doing it now and the reason for that was it was 2012 end of 2012 a law was passed and uh, you know Hallett Financial works with very large insurance needs with very sophisticated advisors so we'd had these large insurance policies that were coming through based on a law change that was happening, it's called AG38, but it was a change that happened in December 31 of 2012. And a bunch of business came in the door at the end of 2012 and it started placing, all this business came through and started placing in the first quarter of 2013. And at the end of 2013, we had done as much business, we'd done about two thirds as much business as we normally would have done in an entire year. It was a phenomenal quarter, like up 350%. And it was, the whole office was excited. Everybody was feeling really good about themselves. But I looked at what was in the mill, Ryan, how much business was going forward. And I said, we've got a cliff coming. And then I started talking with our advisors and they'd gone after a bunch of their clients. They'd made sure their clients got this deal. And, and, and I started thinking to myself, man, all these agents that I'm talking to are 15 to 20 years my senior, or at least, you know, a, a good portion of them are. And I thought, what does my future look like? We just had our best quarter ever. And it looks like 15 years from now, I'm not sure my business will be around. We need to do something and we need to do it now. And I need to do something that I feel passionate about, that my team feels passionate about, that's different. That's not the exact same thing as that I've been doing for the the last 20 years. It's hard to keep passion alive for 20 years. I'm still passionate about Hallett, but I wanted something that I could create that would augment Hallett, make Hallett Financial a much stronger company, but also get me closer to the fire, or closer to the consumer, closer to our clients so that I could, I and the team could see more of the impact we're making in their lives. So that would have been whatever, April, May, it just hit me like a brick. We have to do something. And then the idea came in June. I was up at a lake cabin, coming back from a lake cabin, spending uh, a friend of mine at a friend of mine's place uh, with Abby. Actually, she's uh, one of our co-founders of Quotacy. And we were driving back and Sunday morning and the whole idea flowed out of me, Ryan. We're just, we, Abby and I scribbled down and she was driving and I wrote all this stuff. And I don't know. I mean, was I right on 
some stuff I was. Was I wrong on some stuff? But it was like that spark. And you know, when you put a, a spark on a bunch of um, cut down Christmas trees that are in a big pile, it just takes off. And, and that's what it did for us. Yeah. that's So, you know, that must have been a, um, you know, I, I guess I guess it wasn't a scary decision for you. Um, you know, hearing you tell the story about, you know, it, it seemed, it feels like maybe it was already inevitable, but I'm assuming there had to be some fear. So, you know, so a lot of people, I think, have these ideas. They, they sit in their office, a lot of agents, and they see something and they're like, oh, you know, I've done it this way forever. I'd love to do it this way. And then they never actually make that move. So maybe talk to me a little bit about what was going on in your head. So you, so you, 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 you knew you had to do it. And I think a lot of people get there. You had the idea. And I think, I think a decent number of people get to the idea phase too. They have, you know, notebooks full of ideas, but how did you take it? What was going through your head when you took it from the notebook and actually started to turn it into something? Cause there had to be, that feels like a big step to me or, or, or am I wrong? No, you're totally right. The, uh, the ability to make decisions in the face of headwinds uh, is invaluable. Um, I would say a big piece of it's luck, Ryan. I'm one of the luckiest people you'll ever meet. Um, but that being said, we're, the fears for me was Hallett Financial works directly with advisors. So we'll work with 600 plus advisors this year, life insurance agents. Some of them are property casualty agents. Some of them are financial advisors. Some of them just sell life insurance. Some of them work for a mutual company and we're one of their outside products. Uh, we work with banks. We've got a couple, we work with people in broker dealers. So we, we work with a, a wide variety of people who sell life insurance. So my first fear that I had to get over was if we go sell, I'll call it smaller term policies, which is really, that's our focus is half a million, a million, two million dollar policies, uh, but on younger people. So the average premiums, 50, $60 a month, Ryan, if we go after this market, uh, which is underserved, our whole, our whole industry in the life insurance industry talks about the underserved market, middle market America, the mass affluent that just don't have the ability to get the coverage and in protection for the risks in front of them. It's not easy to get it. There's not an enough agents out there any longer. So, and also people want to communicate in different ways. They don't, some people want to do it on the phone. Some people want to do it on the computer. Some people want to do it face to face. So my biggest fear was if we do this, um, I'm going to lose my customer base for the company that I love that has been something I've been growing for two decades. And that fear of going from B to B to building out another opportunity that was B to C was extremely frightening, Ryan. I was scared out of my wits, man. I, I That was probably the biggest thing. So how did I get over that? Um, you know, I, I grew up swimming. There was a pool down the street from us called Harry Holland. And we'd go to Harry Holland, my brother and I, pretty much five days a week for swimming lessons all summer. And I grew up in Fargo, North Dakota. So it's not necessarily warm there 
except in June and July and early August, right? So the pool sometimes they had to, whatever the degree was, it had to be at least a certain degree before they'd let us jump in in the morning. And especially those early June um, swimming lessons, it was so cold and some days they'd send us home and some days it just hit the bottom. I don't remember if it was 68 degrees or 58, I whatever the number was. As a kid, jumping into that pool was like, it took your breath away before you hit the water. You know, the fear was there and you knew what it was going to be like. And I figured we just had to do it. We just had to jump. Um, and also, why not? We only from an experience point of view, I'm an experienced junkie. I love having experiences. So why do I want to do, why wouldn't I want to take on another project that would be exciting, that would be fun, that would be the opportunity to learn, an opportunity to get my hands dirty, to make mistakes and fall down and, And in the whole process of it, really helping clients out there who are not being served today. So I have that, I can feel good about it, which works with our value set and our mission. So that, it was jumping in the pool was very scary. It yeah. was frightening. You know, I, I why do you think, um, you know, I, so I completely get that feeling. Um, you know, I think for, for some of us, uh, we all have different experiences in life. I know for me personally, um, sports helped a lot with that. You know what I mean? If sure. you're going to play sports for any period of time um, and, and be and, and have any level of success, uh, you got to be... Um, you know, forgetful. I know I'm not the first one to say that, but that's a, you know, you, you have to be forgetful. You have to, you have to forget that you right. just struck out three times the fourth time you come up to back. Cause if you're thinking about that, then there's no way you're going to be successful. Um, yeah. you know, for, for those people who are sitting out there and you know, what was step one for you? Like, what does that look like? Is it, is there a way that, you know, based on your experience, whether you knew it then or, you know, now kind of hindsight 2020 thing, like what is a way that you can take step one that it's not so scary, that maybe something you learned that can help someone who's having similar thoughts, you know, follow their dream, follow something, you know, some passion that they have or, or some idea that they have that, that maybe you learned to help take some of that scary away from something like this. Oh man! Well, so your sports. I was, I was a music person. So I was in jazz bands and alto, which meant that I supposedly sort of led the band, but they really led me. And um, when it when it when it came to a, a teamwork is everything, Ryan. So you just kind of hit the nail on the head. What's the first step? The first step is if this is left to my own devices, it's not going to come into play. I have a hundred ideas a day. Um, maybe one of them is good and that's probably giving myself too much credit and of those hundred ideas I love to start things I'm a starter and I can get things I can get a fire moving but I'm not the person to finish I'm not the per I, I bunch of skill sets that were missing that I don't have. So my first step was build a team of people who have the same passion as you about creating something like this and get them together and let's just see if if we can gel. So I, I built a small 
place. So obviously my brother, I talked about that. I needed my brother on board. He's very passionate about this. Uh, You'd never guess it. He's him and I are opposites from a personality style, but his fire burns inside him. And, And Ryan got on board and then Abby was on board and we were still missing a component, which was how do we, how do we help people buy? What, how does the retail component go? We're going to have to build a sales team when this is successful. So who's going to build that team? And I found a, a, a friend who'd worked with us for years, uh, years before. His name's Jason Nash. And I brought Jason in and, and then the four step, Ryan, was putting four people together and saying, we're a team. Now let's build together. So it wasn't it's not so scary when you're walking through the dark woods with three other people as it is walk through yourself. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. A lot of these things that you're talking about, I've never, I've never started a company and, um, and all that. Uh, but I will say even from the small projects that, um, we work on at, at agency nation, um, you know, doing it myself for a while, agency nation was fun, but it, and it never felt like we were maximizing what we were trying to do. Uh, never felt fulfilled. And then right. we added Sydney and, um, and, and she was great. She pushed me and added a whole new flavor. And then we recently added a, a guy by the name of Joey Giangola, who I don't think you've actually met yet, but you will. Oh, I met Joey. Oh, yeah, you did? Awesome. Oh, yeah, 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 cool. So, you know, it was it just, I don't know, I'm kind of, you're saying these things and it makes me, it puts me on the couch, you know. Uh, and we just finished a project that actually rolled out today. It's not it's not live yet, but the, the video is done. It's two minutes cool. and nine seconds. It is by far the single best creative piece of work that I've ever been a part of. And there's absolutely positively no way that I could have ever done it by myself. Not even close, not even not even a 10th. And even if I had other people, but I was the only one who could make a decision or the only one who could drive where it was going, not yeah. even close. So it, I just, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, my, my question for you is, why do you think so many people, and I, and I know you're, you're talking for others, but I just interested if you have an insight here why do you think so many people hesitate to make that move like why do so many people want to it feels like a lot of people want to lone wolf it and that often leads to either uh, uh, not as not as an effective a product or not as effective a, a, a result or just failure and um, why do people hesitate to, to pull in others around them well, I, th- I think uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I love working with other people mainly because personally, I think out loud. And, and it's important to share losses. So it sort of smooths everything out. The only way I can answer your question would be to say, you know, um, and this will touch a little bit on what I was going to talk about at the at, at the conference. But the growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, Ryan, yeah. I mean, uh, I think I have a lot of growth mindset qualities. I think you have a lot of growth mindset qualities. I also think we both have fixed mindsets as well, or at least I do. I shouldn't speak for you. I know I have my fixed as well, and it's harder to spot the where I'm fixed, and it's much easier to pat myself on the back where I'm growth. But yeah. What if- means that that means you 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 know it leads a desire to learn and and therefore a tendency to to embrace challenges to persist in the face of setbacks to see effort as like a path to mastery to to learn from criticism you know you put a partnerships yeah. around you 
man, they're going to criticize what you do. And you find lessons and inspiration in the success of others. So as a result, you reach like ever higher levels of achievement. And and I had that in some parts of my life, but I we also have this fixed mindset. So when it comes to our business, it's really easy to get into the tranches and say, hey, I, this is the way we do it. So that fixed mindset look smart and therefore like a tendency you, you avoid the challenges you give up easily you see effort is fruitless or, or, or worse you ignore like useful negative uh, feedback that's probably my biggest one when it comes to my fixed mindset areas and then you feel threatened by the success of other people around you so so you kind of plateau early and you might and you do achieve less than your full potential so I think I think it's hard to see that in ourselves our friends our co-workers our employees our spouses or partners they can see where we're fixed much easier than we can yeah. uh, the problem is when we ask them to tell us where we're fixed you know we don't like that negative feedback so we I might ignore it <laughs> I know it's funny the person whose opinion I trust the most my wife is also the person's opinion who I bristle at the most even though I want it it's like I'll be like what's why am I doing this and she'll be like here's exactly why that result is happening I'll be like oh you know, let me strangle you know, I mean, like, like, mentally strangle you. You know, but you, you gave me exactly what I wanted, and now I'm mad at you for some reason. Um, hey, just uh, any emotion. So yeah, I, I, you know, I'm completely with you on that. I think that, um, I think the first step, and, and I love that you said that. I, 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 had, I actually had no idea where you were going to go when I asked you that question, and I, I couldn't agree more. Now that you've given me that answer, um, I really think the first step to making these things happen isn't to kind of turtle yourself away and scribble notes and that kind of stuff, but to to go out and seek out other people, which is which is one of the reasons why we started Elevate, right? We wanted right. to be part of just connecting people, right? If you have this crazy mindset that that doing things differently is okay, right? That no matter what that different might look like, then Elevate's like the perfect place for you to be because you're gonna be surrounded by 600 plus people who are like, oh, you have a wacky idea? We love it, right? And um, and so I love that. So it's it's go find the other people who are gonna who you trust and respect and will give you feedback because I'll tell you the one way that that finding a team fails. Okay. And at different times, even at Agency Nation, this has been uh, this has been true. Uh, our team has maneuvered. Obviously, the team that I have now is like my freaking dream team. But very early on, we had people who were on the team. But they wouldn't give you that honest feedback, right? They would they would just yes you or they would not give you feedback or maybe their feedback was very negative. And um, I think there is a difference between, and this is the really important part I think when you're building out your team is, there is a difference between, um, you know, uh, Sydney likes to make fun of me because I like slow-mo, right? I love slow-mo in my videos. I love it, I just do. I can't help it. I will own it. And actually the first... Ten, uh, first minute of her video today that she put out was making fun of me for slow-mo, right? And, and her critique is not that I shouldn't use slow-mo. It's maybe that I use a little too much. That is a right. very fair and valid critique. There's a difference between that and, oh, everybody's using slow-mo and it looks, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, those are two right. very different pieces of feedback. And I think it's important to try to find the person who's like, hey, 
maybe you want to dial the slow-mo back just a little bit and like someone who comes at it from a from like a place of negativity or um i like to use uh like that scarcity versus abundance for some reason in my mind that idea and we've talked about it before that idea of like a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset it for some reason that really clicks in my mind and um it's finding those people who don't necessarily completely agree on all things but believe that together you're better uh you know the whole is 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 bigger than some of the parts and um and that's all there's so many cliches in there but they're just all so so true they're so true and you know for for us it was it was finding a team that could do the work and putting us all together and then our our big hairy audacious goal ryan is to protect a million families which it doesn't mean we're not trying to take over the united states i don't want to be the largest distributor of life insurance we're looking to help a million families get protected with life insurance so when i look at that team and we got together and that positive feedback and that negative you know and you'd said this a little bit earlier but sort of that gentle forgiving mindset that you have to have with yourself and things don't ever go as fast as you want mistakes happen you fall down you have to pick yourself up you have to brush yourself off you have to forgive yourself for whatever stupid thing you did because I do a lot of stupid stuff but along the way as long as you can hit the hit it right 60% of the time you know you're, yeah. you're doing really well but anyway gr- grabbing that that passion for our team was will the people in our our, our team and, and as we bring them on, do they have the same values? So, I mean, we built out a whole values. We could talk about that someday, but an entire value set. How do we define this? And then ultimately, do they believe? Does my team, does does this team that's together to, to go create this, do we all believe that we can get to a million families? Which is a lot in my mind, right? I mean, it was at the time, Hallett has been, since 2000, I think Hallett had put about 25,000 or 30,000 policies on the books. And so we're talking, you know, multiple 40 times that number for quota C. Can we do that? And can we do that in a short time? So I needed that positive feedback. We needed that abundance mentality that our competitors are not, are not the guy down the street, the gal who's got the website. That's not who our competitor is. Right now, our largest competitor is customer inertia. Like, so we're working with different types of insurance companies to figure out how do we get a got milk campaign for life insurance? And as an industry, we all you know, rising tide raises all boats, right? So it, that's true. So that abundance mentality you're talking about is everything. When we look at our competitors, if we start to look at them as peers and we all open our kimonos, we can learn from one another and we can serve that customer better because when we put that customer in the middle, when the customer is in the middle of everything we do and we're figuring out how to help that family, how to help that client, then everything works out. It all works out. <clears throat> As long as you're not walking through the Elevate parking lot in a kimono, I'm completely cool with just about everything else that you do. (laughs) (laughs) No, no one needs to see me in a kimono, Ryan. Um, No, I agree with you. And actually, that idea that you just brought up, I think, is like, it's the keystone to this whole thing, is that we're not fighting against the guy down the street or the woman who owns the website. This idea of customer inertia, oh my gosh, it, it just... 
oh, it, to me, that is the keystone of what we're trying to do with with the work you're doing. Why have I enjoyed our partnership so much? Um, so everyone knows, um, uh, I'm not just an enormous fan of Jeremy, and, and and we are very much friends. But we're also uh, partners through Trusted Choice and all that kind of stuff. And we've worked together, and we've seen Quotacy grow. And you've helped us with tons of feedback. And I think there are a lot of times where these relationships, if we were, if we didn't both come at them with the mindsets that we do, I think. It, there would be much more friction, but it has been, you know, and there's been things we've missed on things and, and, and you know what I mean? And, and yep. it has been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful relationship and it's all based around this idea of breaking down, not that you got the business or we got the business or someone else got the business. It's that the customer for some reason is not understanding the value that the product has and how do we get them to take action to help themselves and just yes. be the conduits of that. Yes. It's uh, customer inertia. This is not what you, when we, we look at ourselves as competitors we all close off and we i don't i don't understand that together we are so much stronger not only as an industry but as businesses i mean that's and it's been around forever right mastermind groups let's get together and share our ideas and that always used to be um different states would get together right i'm guessing very large personal lines or commercial lines or life insurance agents um you know would get together from different states and share ideas that is one of the most invaluable things we can do is share with one another and now with the with the onslaught of everything moving digital and digital's coming and new ways of communication are coming and who knows maybe amazon is coming one day right we we, we're we have to it's okay to talk to the guy down the street you know i mean we need to band together to protect as many families as we can from uh, a fire at home or an auto accident or dying premature or, you know, not having health insurance. I mean, we're, we're, it's key. What we do with, with risk protection, keeping businesses alive in the, in the face of litigation, we're all together sharing and helping all these families. And anyway, abundance mindset, Ryan, I went off. I, I'm just a no, huge believer. Awesome. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey man, well, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I appreciate you, you coming on and sharing your sure. thoughts. I am so excited to hang out with you at and uh, and actually, Abby won the uh, mastermind session on Sunday night, so I'm going to get to spend some time with her on Sunday, which is going to be awesome. And, That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, uh, when I saw her name come out, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you guys can believe it, Abby's cooler than Jeremy is. So, um, so uh, terribly excited for that. And then to have you um, closing out day one, dude, it's just, it's so cool. Uh, when we spent time together and I got to hear your story, I just, I knew that you were the guy to close out day one. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing your expertise and, and, and ideas with us. Um, where is the best place for people to kind of, they're listening to this, they want to get to know you better or our courtesy. Where's the best place to find out more? Two ways. Uh, one way is www.quotacy.com. That's Q-U-O-T-A-C-Y.com. We have tons of stuff we continue to build out. And, you know, people can always reach out to me as well, Ryan. Yep. Um, my my email address is Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y dot Hallett, H-A-L-L-E-T-T, uh, at Quotacy, Q-U-O-T-A-C-Y.com. Reach out by email. I'm happy to talk to anybody. Uh, we're, our goal is transfer of knowledge and experience and I learn something from everyone I talk with and and I hope they get something from me every now and then as well awesome dude hey guys uh 
Make sure you get your ticket to Elevate if you haven't gotten it yet. By the time this episode comes out, there may be only a few tickets left to the event. You do not want to miss Jeremy and all the other tremendous speakers that are going to be there and all the networking and all the crazy ideas that are going to be thrown around. You just want to be in this space. Uh, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Go to elevateconference.com, elevateconference.com. And if you want an extra $50 off your ticket, use the code Hanley50, Hanley50. That gives you your your double secret uh, discount code for being uh, a fan of this podcast. I appreciate you guys, Jeremy. I especially appreciate you. I appreciate you, Ryan. I appreciate everyone listening. We're out of here. All right, man. Awesome, bro. That was great. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. All right, yeah, let's do that again. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. All right, yeah, let's get into it. Hopes half empty, now this glass is broke And I'm the captain of this crash boat So when it's time to sink and swim I always choose to do the back float I know that not a lot of humans are as sharp as I am My modesty's my greatest quality It's not, I'm lying I know I'm only just alright With this hard of rhyming No, I'm not applying myself In fact, I'm hardly trying But just imagine what would happen If I stuck to rapping, man I'd probably have a helicopter And a couple mansions With some guard dogs And a bunch of fans they love attacking Probably not But it's fun to imagine it, I can't complain of where I'm at, I'm just happy to be here I'd be ecstatic if we happen to have a repeat here Thanks to pro leader, I'm rapping the heaters while passing the reefer Man, that's what I call having a breather If they show love, I'ma show it back If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that